Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Okay, this week we're gonna build a little bit on what we were talking about last week. If you didn't listen last week, not to worry. Um, We talked about the concept of measuring backwards. And in short, it's the concept of like seeing how far you've truly come by looking backward to see where you were, whether that's 90 days ago or a year ago or what have you. And by doing that, we focus more on the positive. And there is lots of smart science-like people that have studied this and we can get further, we can accelerate our progress by focusing on the positive versus focusing on the negative. And of course, we all tend to focus on the negative, right? Because we think like, oh, I did this one thing wrong. I must have to go home and work on that thing, right? Or, you know, I missed this agility move or I screwed up my figure eight in obedience or, you know, whatever our venue is and we messed up something. So let's go home and just drill the heck out of it and really focus on the negative, okay? And yes, to some extent, if we get feedback from our run that there is something, a skill that we didn't have or a skill that we need to proof or brush up on or something, then by all means, put that on your training list, your deliberate training list of things to work on. Absolutely. But there's a difference between getting feedback and then building a a training plan based on that feedback and really focusing on the negative, okay? Focusing on the negative means that we are self-talk, right? That that audio that is playing in our heads uh, can get really dark and really negative, not so helpful, um, versus building on the positive saying like, okay, yeah, we did the one thing wrong, but we did 19 things right great. And um, my dog ran so happy or so well, or yeah, we missed our weaves, but no bars, you know, or something like that in agility. Or yeah, we didn't get the recall, which sucks because it was the very last thing, but the healing was phenomenal. Okay. And the thing is, is we will, we need to celebrate more. And that's a little bit what last week was about. Um, But segues into this week, because there's just so much more to say on that topic, And this week, the part of that that I want to talk about is the fact that I believe that we overvalue our mistakes and we undervalue our successes, okay? And we're going to break that down, but there is, again, more science to back up the fact that we are wired to focus on, look for danger, negative, bad things, things that could hurt us because from an evolutionary perspective, like over time, um, as we've evolved from being hunting to gathering to, I don't know, Amazon receiving (laughs) as we are now, um, you know, our evolution has gotten easier in that not so often come across a bear that we have to really worry about, but we still are wiring that, that anthropological wiring is still there that says, 
be on the lookout for danger. And what we tend to do then in our surroundings as a result is we, our minds can take in so much information and we do like a quick scan of our room, like wherever you are right now, in the car, in your living room, um, getting ready in the morning, whatever you're doing right now. If you did like a quick, your, your brain has already done a quick mental scan of your surroundings and you've decided that, okay, all of these, you know, 89 things are fantastic. These 11 things need my attention. And then you scan further and you're like, actually, these two things need my attention. And when we're driving, because I know some of you are, when we're driving, you know, and and we're on a clear road, you know, we actually relax more because we're like, we're scanning and we're like, okay, there's no danger. Like there's not some idiot trying to merge or, you know, someone texting and driving or someone doing something crazy. Like it's pretty clear, pretty clear sailing right now. I can kind of relax, maybe flip on the cruise control and I can just focus on me. I don't have to focus on being defensive driving, for instance, right? So we are constantly doing this behavior. We are constantly scanning our environment, filtering out all the things that are positive so that we focus on those things that require our attention, which usually are the negatives or the threats, the dangers, the, you know, idiot car merging ahead of us, right? Or the, you know, the email we forgot to take care of yesterday or what have you, right? Those are our, you know, 21st century versions of threats, okay? Again, not bears so much, um, but, you know, angry bosses or missed deadlines or crazy drivers or traffic or whatever. That's our version of that today, okay? And so this The scanning, this like quick filter situation that our brain has serves us really well. Because if we were focused on all the inputs that our brain is able to take in, in even like, you know, 15 seconds, I mean, we would melt down, right? It'd be like Danger Will Robinson. We would melt down because it is just too much input for our brains to process. And quite frankly, we don't need to, okay? But The problem is, and the reason I'm bringing all this up, is if you always find the negative and always dwell on the negative or always place a really high priority on the negative or the thing that didn't go well or the thing that went wrong or the you had a great weekend except for and you're focusing on those exceptions, know that it's not just you, okay? Know that it is like every ancestor that came before you and you are DNA wired to do this, okay? And that's why it is extra hard um, for us to turn it around and focus on the positive things because it goes against our innate, you know, millennia old wiring to do that, okay? So, We have to work really hard to keep our minds focused on the positive, whereas we barely have to work at all or think about it at all to just just sink right into those negative thoughts, okay? So then what happens as a result, right? Think about this anthropologically. What happens as a result is running from bear, (laughs) right, has a higher weighted value than... Um, you know, nice warm cave. <laughs> okay. So it's, it becomes more important. It becomes more urgent. So long, long ago, again, millennia ago, there was a sort of weighted system that was developing that said the negative is not only important, but it's more important than anything. 
okay? And that lives on in our had a perfect run except, and we can't stop beating ourselves up for the exception, the thing we did wrong, the mistake that we made. Um, And um, that's dangerous. That's overvaluing the mistake. Okay, so that's what I mean by overvaluing. Again, I share all of the science and the history lesson and all that other kind of stuff just to have you say that there is a almost, it's almost like I think of it as like a mechanical reason, right? Because it's the brain is in a sense, it's not mechanical per se, but it is mechanically built to do this. So in a way, when you think, God, why is it so hard? Why do I always focus on the negative? Why is that where I go? Why is it so hard to focus on the positive? Well, it's because that's how your brain is built. It just is. But You guys are all working on your mental game, which means you are all willing to put in the time and the effort to flip that script and focus more on the positive, okay? So let's put this into action. We go in for our obedience run, all right? And we do the first healing pattern, and it's fine. And then we go to do like the figure eight, okay? And we mess up, right? Or the dog goes over and knocks the cone over. Like I'm just making stuff up. Something happens and we know that we've NQ'd. Okay. When we come out of the ring and tell the story, what is the first story that you are likely to tell? Right? That you had a beautiful healing pattern or that your dog knocked over the figure, the figure eight cone. All right. And that's what I'm talking about. So when we come out of the ring, we are instead focus on, focused on the 18 things that needed to go into that whole run, we're focused on the one thing that we didn't do well, overvaluing. If we were giving a point system, we'd be like, you know, 10 points to the cone and one point to everything else, right? We just overemphasize it, all right? On the flip side, our successes take the same run. Let's say we had a flawless healing pattern. When we look at the judge's score sheet, they literally didn't even take a half a point off we're undervaluing that portion of it. We're not celebrating that success that the dog walked in, the first thing they were asked to do was a healing pattern and they nailed it. Actually, not they, we, we, the team nailed it. Where's the celebration for that? Why isn't that scored a 10 in your waiting system in your mind, right? Why does the cone get all the attention? Why not the brilliant healing pattern? Okay. Yep. Brains are wired to look for the negative, but if we are going to grow, if we are going to reward our dogs, if we are going to be good to our dogs and build a relationship and work toward what I always refer to as the long game, right? Because hopefully you're going to go in many more obedience rings. Um, And if you're only doing it to get, you know, whatever title for your club, I see you, I've been you, Um, but you might have the next dog and the next dog, right? So um, you want to look at those positives and draw out what you can from that, what you can celebrate so that you come out of the ring and the dog just spent, you know, I don't know, six minutes in the ring working. They thought they did pretty well. And then you come out and you're all like, you know, shrug shoulders and, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Blah, 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 blah. And the dog's like, um, I did a lot of stuff right in there, right? Like, you know, give me the chicken, give me the jackpot. You should be happy. Okay. And when we look at it for the dog's perspective, of course, it's easy to see where we take a left turn, but we still do it. It's still really natural. So we have to make a concerted effort 
to emphasize the things that go right. And I mean in every run. I mean, I've had runs where, of course, you know, even like let's take agility. You jump two jumps, you make some handling mistake, and expression is the wheels come flying off, right? I've had wheels in every direction, bumpers, the antennas flying off, like everything's going wrong, all right? But I can still look back at that and say, oh, actually the first three three jumps were lovely, <laughs> you know? Or the jump tunnel was lovely before it all came apart, okay? Um, the other thing that that goes along with this and belongs in this whole conversation is the concept of a growth mindset. Now, this is something we revisit from time to time because it's really fundamental to um, being a successful and elite handler, especially in terms of your mindset. A growth mindset says that everything's growth, everything's feedback, good or bad, it's feedback. And there are then therefore no such thing as a bad thing or something that happened that was bad. It's just feedback. So you go into the ring, you do a perfect healing pattern, you come to the figure eight, your dog knocks the cone. You're probably like, that literally never occurred to me that my dog was going to go over there and knock the cone or shape the cone, right? Um, Those of you who do agility shaping, if you've ever gone to obedience or rally ring and had your dog shape a cone, you feel me deeply. I've had that happen. Um, And so it's feedback, right? My version of that is, is Moxie went into the ring in a rally ring. I asked asked her to do a move and a cone was nearby. It wasn't in the exercise we were doing. It was nearby because, you know, those rings can be kind of crowded. And she kept trying to take her back foot and touch the cone with her back foot. (laughs) All right. Well, it was obviously hard. I mean, I laughed in the moment too, as soon as I realized like what the heck she was doing. Um, And I think it was when she was a baby. I think we were a novice or something. Um, But I took it as feedback, right? And I went home and I thought, we're not shaping with those. We're not doing that exercise with those cones anymore. And um, it was feedback, okay? It was feedback. I did not overemphasize the mistake. Instead, I took the learning from it and I let the rest go. And that is the hallmark of a growth mindset. A growth mindset believes that anything can get better with attention, right? And attention can be resources, practice. Maybe you throw money at it. You know, you get a private lesson. You get some help. You, you know, uh, take a class, an online class. You do something. You listen to a podcast. Um, You do something and you put effort towards it and it will get better. That is that belief that if I work at it or put effort into it, I will get better. A fixed mindset is the opposite of that and be like, oh, well, I guess that's just how it is. She hates cones now or every cone she sees, she's always going to shape. Well, that's not true necessarily and it isn't true in this particular story. Um, Or, you know, another example of a fixed mindset is, um, well, I guess I'm just not a fast handler or I guess I'll never... I'll never be able to do that because I, you know, I'm, I'm just not that talented. I just wasn't born. That person was born with talent. I wasn't. Okay. Those are all fixed mindset examples. Okay. The thing is, is when we are in a growth mindset and we are committed to being in a growth mindset, it's kind of painful sometimes. Okay. Because a growth mindset says that we are constantly pushing ourselves from our comfort zone which quite frankly is kind of hard one, 
right? Like I worked really hard to get my kind of older dog into that comfort zone where she felt like that quote old shoe, right? Which is a little bit of an agility expression, but you know, she felt like that dog that I just knew. It just was so easy. Everything was so effortless. It wasn't that way when she was two, right? It got that way when she was seven, eight. Okay. And that's when we've really felt like that. And so we forget in, while we're in our comfort zone, that this didn't, wasn't always our comfort zone, right? This used to be our like icky zone or our growth zone or our fear zone. Okay. So being committed to growth means that we're always going to find these new comfort zones. And then we're going to say, it's time to grow again. And so we're going to push ourselves to go into a growth zone, which is kind of the next step in that iteration. In that moving, in moving from a um, comfort zone to a growth zone, there's fear. What if I screw up? What if I'm not perfect? What if, what if, what if, what if? What if I can't pull it off? Um, you know, what if I, what if we can't do it? What if we're not ready, right? What if we're not prepared? What if, okay? That fear, that what if lives in between our growth, our growth stages, right? And we know that it's not a f- lovely straight line up and to the right, okay? It is curly cues and ups and downs and backs and forths and two steps backwards and one step forward and and so on to get to that next step, okay? But in I'm saying in order to do that, and I'm not promising you can smooth it out, um, but in order to do that, we have to properly value our just for sake of ease, wins and losses, okay? Our setbacks and our achievements. We have to properly rate them, grade them, remember them, celebrate them, hold them in our ha- our heads um, given the weighting that they deserve. So that means not overvaluing the setbacks or the mistakes or the flaws and not undervaluing our strengths. Because our progress is made in our strengths. Our progress is made from a point of strength. If you have a dog, even your toughest dog, and you focus on all the things they do right, they start to do more things right. A, because you build their confidence. And B, because you start to notice. Look at all the great things that they're doing. Or look at all the great things that we're doing. Or like last week, look at how far we've come. Look at how far, how much better we are than we were 90 days ago, a year ago, two years ago. You know, it may not feel like it in a weekend, right? Drive to the trial on Friday and you're all excited. You're going to have a great weekend. You feel super prepared. You got the food, you got the water, you got the everything. You've done it all right. You've got your rituals ready. Everything's right. And you don't have the weekend you were expecting to have or thought you should have. All right. But let's do a realistic evaluation on what did happen. What went right? What went not right? (laughs) I won't say wrong. What went not right? And most importantly, from a growth mindset, what's the feedback? What did you learn? And from those learnings, can you make a plan, change something, you know, commit to working on a skill? Like what is, what's the plan that comes from the feedback? And then how can you use your strengths and the good parts of the weekends to help you build some more skills or just help you keep moving forward? And I just, again, I cannot stress this enough. In order to grow and to get better, 
you have to be comfortable in the uncomfortable, right? Um, and that's not meant to be a tongue twister, but it is meant to be a head scratcher, I suppose, is that when we get comfortable being uncomfortable, we, that we start to embrace growth and we start to accept that growth isn't all just skittles and rainbows and sunshine and unicorns, you know, that sometimes growth is painful and it sucks, um, but it sure is fantastic when we get to the other side of it, okay? So, all right, kind of a dense episode, I realize, um, but I want to, I always like to leave you with a challenge for the weekend. I want to challenge you this weekend to look for the positives in your runs first. Um, look at the things that didn't go right as opportunities or feedback or challenges that you can address. And how can you use your strengths, the things that went right, in your next run, right? How can you take advantage of them, right? How can you exploit your strengths? I mean, that's really what we're after. And then there's a reminder, remember, you are growing. Just by nature of listening to this, I know that you are a person who is committed to getting better, to growing in terms of mindset, to growing in terms of skills, uh, handling skills, dog skills, relationship skills, mindset skills, uh, feeding skills, you know, veterinary care, you know, of our dogs, like every, we're growing in all of these different areas all the time. So I know that you're that person. I know that you're committed to growth. Um, you just might have more tolerance for it in some areas than another, right? It might be easier for you to say, I don't know, or I'm not good at this when it comes to the crazy world of supplements, right? And yet you're not as comfortable um, being, you know, making a mistake when it comes to your handling, right? Everybody's different. Um, but this weekend, really look at this. Like, so really hold this in your, in your thoughts and think about how you're using your strengths to your advantage and how you are valuing your strengths versus your, you know, mistakes potentially, or your cues versus your end cues. And think about what's really getting your attention. Because, we grow where we focus our attention, right? What we focus our attention on, we get more of, in other words. So if you're focusing your attention only on the parts that went wrong, unless you're focusing on how to fix those and you have a plan, very clear plan, you're just going to get more of that thing you're thinking about, right? It's a hard truth. It sucks. Sorry, not sorry, <laughs> but it's true, okay? So those are some of your challenges this weekend. Uh, let me know how that works out for you. Let me know how, you know, you can make your, you know, your positives work for you and to your advantage. And don't forget, you're growing. It's not going to be comfortable. But as soon as you get comfortable in the uncomfortable, that's where the magic happens. All right. No matter what you're off to doing this weekend, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs and I will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. 
Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.